Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Hockey Canada has met, they've been in the news a lot, eh? and not for the best of reasons, we remember, and I spoke to our next guest about all of that, we're going to talk to Alison Forsyth, former Canadian national ski champion, represented Canada at the Olympic Games, victim of sexual assault by the national ski team coach. Chief Operating Officer of ITP Sport, Canada's first full-service safe sport programming agency. I want to talk to um, Allison about this story. Hockey Canada has mandated the players under 18 years of age should or must, you decide, wear base clothing under their equipment to the arena or change in private washroom stalls. And I'll do what the CBC never does. I'll credit them with this, uh, quoting their story. They never do that. I do. The new policy is trying to promote inclusion and to respect the privacy of all participants on a team. Quote, all participants have the right to utilize the dressing room or appropriate and equivalent dressing environment based on their gender identity, religious beliefs, body image concerns, and or other reasons related to their individual needs. That's according to Hockey Canada email to the CBC. See, I do it, they don't. Alison Forsyth is with us, Chief Operating Officer of ITP Sport, Canada's first full-service safe sport programming agency, and they do a lot of work with Canada's national sports organizations and sports organizations uh, everywhere. So, Alison... Uh, when I first talked to some people about this policy, if I could um, summarize the response, I'm not quoting anybody, just summarizing. Ah, oh, come on. That was the, uh, that's the summarizing of the response. What do you say? Well, you know, Roy, I've been digesting, <laughs> dissecting this for probably a couple of days like most folks, but I look at it with, you know, a couple different lenses because I believe this you know, this policy is not just for the, um, you know, inclusion, but also I believe it's intent to, is to minimize potential maltreatment in the form of bullying and hazing, et cetera. And as you know, I'm on the front lines of these, this massive culture shift in sport that is needed under the safe sport umbrella and the equity, diversity and inclusion umbrella. And I've been thinking a lot, and I hope it goes without saying that I am a fierce advocate for change and inclusion in sport. However, being out here working with hockey teams, hockey coaches, being a hockey coach, manager, trainer, myself of young boys teams, um, there's a difference between um, theoretical and practical. And I feel we have so far to go with our audience, being our coaches and athletes around education, enrollment, culture shift. We have so far to go with that, that I believe we just are, we've created a Band-Aid solution. And it hurts me to say that because when you first mentioned the reaction you'd heard from folks, I will say I'm getting the exact same one. 
And to be honest, it hurts my heart a little bit because I do believe this was meant with obvious great intent. Um, but you've heard me say this before, you know, policies don't prevent abuse. Um, people want to be enrolled in an idea. They want to, they're going to automatically ask, well, how does this, how does this benefit me? That's unfortunately the society we're in. And also unfortunately what I see a lot in hockey, um, I could go on about how, you know, um, I really don't see it being hygienic. And I say that with really trying to think about how, these boys, I mean, I don't know if anyone spent much time in one of these dressing room bathroom stalls or even bathroom stalls in a local rink lately, but they're not great places to get changed. I totally respect that our arenas and our facilities have massive shifts to do. But again, I'll just stress, I think, honestly, a, a pushing of a policy like this will alienate the folks we're looking to enroll in inclusion and maltreatment prevention because um, we're putting new rules in place and nobody likes just to be told, here are the rules, do it, or you're going to get in trouble. I'm not seeing that work in the space of safe sport. Yeah. Um, one hockey parent said to me, so I, was asking, I ask around, I have a little focus group that I, that I call on some issues. And not a lot of people, but they have strong opinions, or generally they have strong opinions. And uh, this is a hockey dad of uh, little kids, six, seven, eight years old. What am I supposed to tell my kids when they say, why? Mm. What do you, I mean, did anybody think of that? What do you say to a six-year-old? Yeah, so this is the point. I mean, I'm very surprised that this is where they started. I don't know how they got to this place without, you know, without providing any, wait for it, they don't provide any safe sport, maltreatment prevention, or equity, diversity, and inclusion training to athletes through Hockey Canada sanctioned. So for me, I'm where's the education before the enforcement or the push out of a policy? Um, my son, you know, my focus group are my kids often. <laughs> and my 12-year-old said, I'll be honest, he said, well, this is stupid. And I said, Riker, why is this stupid? What is, what is stupid about it? He goes, well, I don't care about who, I, I, I'm happy to welcome anyone into my dressing rooms and I totally respect that people might not be comfortable, and I've even had someone on my team that was not comfortable, and they went to the stall, but this might be a bit far, Roy, but I think what I'm seeing in, when it comes to dressing room behaviors, um, having an adult chaperone in a dressing room is a smart idea. Now, let's think of this, though, that we can't feel good about having adult chaperones in dressing rooms with children naked, Um and so I think we are trying to band-aid one solution, solve a problem with another problem. Um, I also do not think we need two screened adults in a dressing room. And I know that might be surprising coming from someone like me who has been a survivor myself. I think what we are at risk of, again, we need to minimize the risk. And physical isolation is one very small portion of the grooming process, I'll just stress. And, of course, we need to minimize the risk. But if we do that to the point of alienating everyone and making things so hard for them in their day-to-day environment, we are going to end up with a lot of enemies in this space. And we need advocates and allies. Um, So they have to be very careful. And I haven't seen one positive comment in my group of people. And and I think you can respect I'm out here trying to enroll everyone every day in all capacities on the important. I know you do. I I know you do. You're You're totally committed to that. Uh, I spent uh, a lot of time in dressing rooms growing up. Uh, we all did. You know, we had various levels of skill and various sports, but we spent time in, in dressing rooms and we all kind of 
For the most part, we worked it out. I, I don't remember any any real hazing situations in, in, mm-hmm. in, any, in any teams I might have been engaged with, but I know they happened. But I, I worry sometimes, but with this one, Allison, I worry that, or I'm concerned, I don't worry, but I am concerned that if a child, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and pick a year, isolates him or herself from the other teammates and goes and changes in a bathroom stall, that's going to get a lot of attention. Mm. And it could be very unwanted attention. Mm. What do you think? I mean, I think that it's 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 challenging, right? And I always want to stress, I think we should all put our hats on of if we don't have a child that's in the experience of feeling uncomfortable in a dressing room, mm-hmm. we have to be very mindful to comment. I look at 17 young boys that I coach and manage and train, and I'm trying to not even have the sexualization of a body a part of the conversation. So I think we need to look at that. Yep. Um, there is hazing, Roy. There is bad. Oh, I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm just um, talking about personal experience. I, I think we work on what is hazing. What does a, what is a ritualistic initiation? Yeah. Every time I educate athletes who have been in trouble for hazing, what do they say to me, Roy? They say, "Well, I did it because the same thing happened to me four years ago." It's mm-hmm. been completely normalized. So we need to look at the normalization, and I don't think yeah. we can solve the problem with what they are or are not allowed to wear. Um, I. I'll just stress again, I think we are at the risk of losing the audience that we're really trying to slowly but surely enroll and decondition, as you hear me say, you know, decondition from the cult of hockey. And I know some people want to fiercely hold it because they love it and there's a legacy and it's our sport. Um, But it is a place that needs a massive shift, a sport that I see that needs a massive shift. But we have to be respectful of people's current beliefs and work with them to shift, not just hand things down. I haven't seen them work. I haven't seen that work. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.